This is a presentation of Dawnforge Productions. You're listening to Shattered Soulstone, episode 95, Lemon Gendaries. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at bit.ly slash sspbook. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Patreon. Support the Shattered Soulstone. With your support, you can help the show grow. Become a patron today. Patreon.com slash Soulstone. Strap in, folks. This is going to be fun. Nevik. Coming to you from a half-empty bottle of white wine. Antonio. I found a nice little trifecta last night in uh, Hardcore that I'm hoping makes me loaded. Brazia. Oh, wait, wait a minute, what happened? Like, you lose five seconds of your life, you wake up. Sure. It gives you 38.2 yummies per second, with 13 to 38 yummies and 150 nom nom noms per second. Coming to you from the dark recesses of the proverbial Dawnforge pouch, this is episode 95 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. It is Wednesday, September 2nd, and I am your host, Nevik, and I am all by myself again. It's been a while since we've done a solo show, but, uh, you know, we, we, we got to keep the show rolling. And Brasia's in Chicago, Jen is suffering from allergies, and Lantonio had something come up. And I didn't want to push off the show again, so here we are. So, Season 4 dropped on us, and, uh, yeah, I guess I, guess I should say that I'm just gonna go right into it, because, uh, you know, I'm, it's still kinda hot in Sacramento, and don't have the AC running, because it's just cool enough, so I'm in a room that has no circulating air except for a small little fan so i'm just gonna i'm gonna we're, we're gonna get through this show as quickly as possible well maybe not too quickly but anyways so season four happened friday 5 p.m pacific daylight time and my wife came home early so i spent some time with her and she was like don't you want to go play i was like well you know it's it's a marathon it's not a sprint so i was like like part of me really wanted to you know just jump right onto the computer and play right away but for some reason I was like no 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 it's it's cool you know I I decided that I wasn't gonna do the no sleep till 70 and I was like you know and with the kids and thinking you know I'm not really gonna be able to dive in with Ernest until maybe nine o'clock anyways I figured you know whatever play for an hour whatever and so I, w- I was in no hurry to jump onto the computer. So um, eventually, I think it was like around 5.44, I-, I make my way over to my computer, sit down, and everybody's on. And I'm like, all right, cool, I'm already way behind, <laughs> but that's okay. And uh, I go to create my monk. I'm on Mumble, and there's a bunch of people on Mumble, and I haven't quite figured out my, my monk's name. So I'm like sitting there, I'm like, hmm, what am I going to go with? And then all of a sudden, boom. I was disconnected from Battle.net, and at the exact same time, I heard the disconnect sound from Mumble. I was like, oh, that's not good. And yeah, Comcast took a dive on me. It's like, grrrr. It's like, I go to sit down, 
and right at that moment Comcast dies on me. Now conversely, you can look at this with the silver lining that, hey, you know, if I had been playing and, you know, I, was, I, I would have been playing and would have DC'd, probably would have lost my character. So all that time would have been for naught anyways. So yeah, my internet went down, I think it was only maybe down truly for about 15 minutes or so. But when it came back, it wasn't fully back. I was getting maybe 20 down, but only 0.5, <laughs> only 0.5 up, and I was like, yeah, it's not going to work. It was, it was strange, though, because I was able to get onto Mumble, and everybody said, oh, it's Robot Nevik. I was like, what? And that's when I went to speed test and, you know, found out that I had no upload. I was like, oh, wonderful. And my wife went with the kids. I forget where they went. I think she went to go get her haircut. So I was like, this sucks. You know, I have this time all to myself and the internet's down. That's fantastic, right? Perfect way to start off season four. But again, you know, I, I, was, I wasn't really expecting to get too much progress done Friday night. So, you know, I was, I was trying to keep, I was, you know, trying to stay positive. And then, uh, my wife came home and then, then I was like, oh man. And then, oh, and then my son started really acting up. Oh my goodness. Wow. My son is at an age right now where he's always pushing his limits and yeah, it just, oh, it, it just got to me. And then, then I was like, you know, this really stinks, you know, I was really excited, and then I had this letdown, and then sun starts acting up, and then I, you know, like, I'm keeping it in, like, keeping, you know, I, I was kind of, like, already on edge, and then with my son acting, uh, yeah, you, if you're a parent, you, you probably know exactly where I was, it's like, you know, you love them, but at the same time, sometimes you just want to, you know, go Homer on them, that's a Simpsons reference for anybody out there who, doesn't know who Homer is. But anyways, so all that happens, bedtime, and my internet, I think came, like, I'm not sure exactly when my internet, uh, when Comcast finally fixed whatever issue that they had, but um, they gave, at one point, the ETA was 9 p.m. I was like, okay, well, whatever. And then it was 10 p.m. and I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> um... I think it came back around 9.30 or so. So, you know, all right, good job, Comcast. And I just, at that point, I had figured out my, my naming convention for this season. Last season, I went with Japanese numbers. Only needed two. I think, yeah, I never I never needed San. So um, this season, I'm going with the middle names of my wife, my daughter, and my son. Should I need the third? Um... And then if I really need the fourth, I'll go with my middle name. <laughs> but I, I, it, if I get to that point, I think I might be done with season four. <laughs> but uh, that that's kind of because, gosh darn it, Blizzard, every time, every time we start to, you know, really get into a season, they tease us with something and it's like, oh, I can't wait for patch 2.4. It's like we're always looking past what we have in front of us. But anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself. So first night um i think i started playing around maybe 10 30 or so and uh maybe it was 9 30 i forget exactly what time i started but uh i started you know i pretty i played solo because everybody was already way ahead of me and i was like well you know i might need to pause so i figured i'll just play solo and i forget the exact time that i turned in but it was probably around 1 1 15 maybe 1 30 in the morning i i wasn't crazy 
And with having the false start that I did, so to speak, with Comcast, I was like, yeah, there's, I'm not going to push through. That's, that's just silly. Besides the, med- the meds that I'm on, um, usually right around 11, I really start feeling fatigued. So trying to push through would have just ended up with, uh, you know, me pulling abrasion and killing my character. Or maybe I could call it pulling a scan line. But um, again, getting ahead of myself. So, yeah, I started off and things were going fine. I got to, I think, level 43 before I, before I turned in. Might have been 42. I, I'm not exactly sure. But uh, so that was fine. You know, I wasn't having too much luck. I was, I was hearing everybody, you know, getting puzzle rings. And I was like, oh, that's great. Awesome. I had nothing really drop of too much. If you haven't started the season yet, which I don't know why you wouldn't have. But uh, I guess with patch 2.3, they changed Leoric, where prior you'd go at, you'd, you'd aim to get to Leoric at round level 18. And he would drop his crown almost guaranteed with a socket that's no longer the case i think we mentioned this on the previous show but if not and for whatever reason if you need a leoric's crown he will not drop it until level 20 now don't know why but you know just weird side effect i guess of the changes that they made so i think i got my crown around level 25 I, I think I left adventure mode. Oh, I should mention, I was I decided just to go with rifts. I was just going to rift it all the way through except for getting the crown. And uh, that's what I did because I figured, you know, running bounties uh, to get mats, that's going to be an inefficient, um, you know, it's going to be inefficient. And holy moly, after watching Leviathan's group, um, they hit 70 within, I think it was like just under five hours oh man and they were doing primarily riffs uh so i mean there there might be a perfect balance of you know riffs and if you get certain bounties where you get cursed chests in act one um that's the most ideal situation but just re-rolling the game you know that kind of wastes time so maybe maybe just doing riffs is the best case scenario but anyways that's what i went with I hit level 70 sometime in the afternoon, I forget exactly when, and I had a couple close calls, not, nothing too drastic. Um, I never procced, so I was never really in any mortal danger with my hardcore monk. But uh, yeah, the RNG Jesus was not with me <laughs> on my journey to 70. Um, I, I think the most notable legendary drop that I got was the... Oh, so I'm forgetting the name. I think it's like the Stalwart Defender. It's like this curved two-handed sword. And um, when you attack, you'll shoot off an axe. You know, it's essentially the Frenzy Rune sidearm for the Barbarian, where you shoot off that, that side axe. So that was pretty much my best legendary weapon that I had dropped on my way up. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll cube that. I think I went to go get my cube in the 50s. And uh, I found the Immortal Throne. I, I missed I missed the little turnoff for the uh, the oh my goodness I'm forgetting the name wherever the cube is you know. So I and evidently there's an event that happens based on the month. So who knows what that means? Um, this is also I think I think that information came out of the Reddit Q and A. Again, getting ahead of myself, but I'm gonna there's gonna be multiple mentions about the Q&A, so 
I hit level 70. I was almost torment one viable, but I was really low on the DPS. I was like maybe 200,000. I had enough toughness to do torment one. Just the, my DPS was terrible. So I was doing rifts and hard. And was it hard? Yeah, I think so. I think I eventually bumped it up to expert until just to see, you know, where I was. And I slowly started getting some gear. I, and by slowly, I mean I was still using rare rings. I think I had, uh, I think I had a magic amulet, you know, a blue quality amulet still. Yeah, I had the worst luck with drops this season, which is kind of funny because the past three seasons, almost every single time, my very first gamble from Cadal, well, maybe not season one for obvious reasons. My first gamble in season two and in season three were ancient. <laughs> ancient items so it's like come on come on Kadala now you decide to shut me down thanks so I what was it I, I got Uliana's boots first and then I think I was able to gamble the shoulders and I was like all right cool and that two-piece that two-piece on Uliana's that helped propel me it helped pull me up into making T1 easy mode uh, because uh, the two-piece bonus is uh, your third hit on a generator will apply Exploding Palm. So you don't necessarily have to have Exploding Palm on your bar. So if if that's the case, if you don't have Exploding Palm, uh, you will use the base, the you know the non-ruined version of Exploding Palm. So I was doing that for a while, and you know I I would get to that third swing, and everything would just blow up around me. It was it, it was beautiful so because I was using uh, I, I like crippling wave I, I don't know why I like it so much but I really like crippling wave because I like the I like the fact that I can hit everything around me and there's um, I was mainly using on my way up I was using uh, the mangle rune which is the very first rune it's the fire rune which increases the damage um, on in previous seasons I've used um, the ice rune which, uh, I forget the, the name of the room, but it's the one where on your third hit you'll freeze enemies for, I think, a second or two seconds, something like that. Um, and it also increases the range of that third hit to, like, 15 yards, so it's, it's a big hit. Uh, well, I mean, it covers a lot of ground. But I didn't actually use that this season. Um, I mainly used the fire, the mangle rune, and then I used the, uh, holy rune. Uh, I forget the name of it as well. I, I should probably pull this up but i'm not going to um it's the one where every enemy you hit you generate an extra two and a half spirit per enemy hit something like that and i was using uh, uh what i was using as my main damage attack what was i using oh, i was using lashing tail kick up until i had a cinder coat drop but it rolled in strength so i was like okay well i will cube this and then at that point then i started using uh the bell and I was using the fire rune on that. That way I could cover more area. And it was it was working beautifully. Although I didn't need to use the bell too much. Uh, it was nice. Um, but uh, like I said, for a long time, I was having terrible luck with drops. I, I didn't have spirit guards drop. I didn't have gungo, gungo gear drop for a long time. When I finally got that, it kind of seemed a little pointless. Oh, but I did have luck with one legendary i had a madstone drop it, not not an amazing madstone but madstone what it does is it uh, your seven-sided strike will apply your exploding palm 
At that point, I decided to make to transition over to just using Seven Sided Strike as my main attack. Uh, well, my main damage dealer, I guess. So, so, and at that time, I think I, I also completed my six-piece Ulianas. I had a Ring of Royal Grandeur drop out of a cache at one point, and I cubed that, and then, you know, everything was golden. <laughs> oh, and I also cubed my level 25 Leoric's Crown, because if you missed it in previous shows, you can use your low-level legendaries, you can extract the power from them, it doesn't matter, you know, does, the level doesn't matter. As long as it's a legendary power that can be extracted, it can be extracted at any level that that legendary drops. So, I used that, and I'm still using an amethyst in my helm, because um, my toughness still isn't where I like it, so I like having that extra cushion. And when you double your amethyst bonus, it's just absurd. I think I have close to a million HP on my monk right now. So, I'm kind of transitioning... Um, my, my gear is slowly getting better. And, oh, actually, you know, before I jump into the fact that I'm doing Torment 6 pretty easily now, I what? <laughs> it was kind of funny. I, in the last show, I was joking that you'd probably skip, you know, Torment 2 and 3 and probably go to 4 or 5. Well, that didn't quite happen for me. You know, drops weren't really happening. And, oh my goodness, I have had the worst luck with Kadala this season. I swear. I really swear. Um... <laughs> I've gone through a lot of blood shards and haven't gotten much out of those. And then when I do get a bunch of legendaries, they're always crap. Or lemons. As a, oh, I should mention um, our show title. I was in I was in game today. In Aculius, I th I think I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, mentioned you know he there's so many crappy legendaries still in the game. And instead of calling them legendaries, he was he joked and said that they should be legendaries yeah it's like you know what that is awesome that is our show title so thank you Aculius that that yeah from now on you know instead of calling it a forgotten soul I'm gonna call it a legendary so so where was I okay so yeah I was slowly progressing through the tournament levels because like I said you know I was slowly gaining gear and it's been a struggle this season <laughs> But uh, I did get to Torment 6 by ability, I think yesterday? Yesterday, which would be Tuesday? Yeah, I don't think I was quite Torment 6. I mean, I could sort of do it on Monday, but not really. But um, I'm now sitting at Paragon 180. Uh, I'm rocking the full six-piece Ulianas. Uh, I have Madstone. I have the belt, which I honestly, I don't see the purpose of this belt. It's the belt, I forget the name of it, but it's the one where every hit a seven-sided seven strike will reduce incoming damage by a certain percentage. So, you know, combine that with the seasonal fist weapon, the lion weapon, I forget. Man, I'm just terrible. I should have written all these, you know, all these legendary names down. But it's the one that increases uh, your seven-sided strike to do seven more strikes. So, obviously, when you double that, you know, combining that with Uliana's, then everything goes kaboom. But, uh, so right now, I'm running with, uh, I'm running a physical build with my monk. I'm using the physical rune on Crippling Wave, it's the one where your third hit will uh, apply a debuff on monsters where they take 10% more damage. And I'm also using the physical rune of, uh, Exploding Palm, which also increases their damage that taken. 
and is that it? And then I'm still using uh, the Holy Rune on Dashing Strike just because movement, you know, it's good. And let's see, what else am I using? I'm using the Mantras um, Evasion, the one that increases your dodge, because that's the biggest toughness boost out of all the runes. My all resist is still kind of really low. I, I need to buff it up. Um, I'm using, let's see, what else am I using? Exploding Palm. Oh, Epiphany, Desert Shroud. That's pretty much, you know, your go-to uh, with a monk um, in terms of survivability. Uh, if you're if you're playing softcore, you don't need to go with Desert Shroud. I mean, you could go with the Fire Rune or the what is it, the Holy Rune that increases your Spirit Regen by um, instead of by 25, it's by 45. And that oh man, I'm using that on my non-seasonal farming monk. I, I switch his build up, and I'm kind of doing something similar to uh, Quinn's Spirit Generator build don't quite have all the gear to make it all you know function perfectly but oh my goodness it is amazing <laughs> it's like between uh, I'm using I, I'm totally tangenting on to my non-season stuff but uh, using the obsidian ring on on him so that way I can pretty much keep epiphany on cooldown that way I always have the spirit gen and I can always dash and strike and it's beautiful but um, so yeah so I'm using dashing strike which if you're playing hardcore, there, even if you're not playing hardcore, dashing strike for a monk is pretty much vital. Gets you out of a lot of stuff, allows you to move, you know, reposition yourself. It's it pretty much, you know, standard. You don't see too many monks that don't use it. Uh, then on my number two key, the Epiphany Desert Shroud. That get, you know, that's my get out of frozen, you know. Um, reduces incoming damage by 50%. That is huge, absolutely huge. And of course, it still has the spirit regen bonus on there. Only 25, of course. That's baseline. It's just that holy rune that bumps it up to 45. Uh, then I have what is it on number three? Is my seven-sided strike? Or no, 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 no. On my number three key, I'm using the exploding palm physical rune. Um, I don't actually use that key because I'm always applying it with my generators and my seven-sided strikes, so I don't actually have to apply that. I mean, I could if I... Because right now I'm using... A, I have an ancient... Um, uh, what is it? Inna's staff, the Daibo, and it's by far my best weapon at, at the moment. I'm tr I have two of the seasonal fist weapons, but they're both terrible. I mean, absolutely crappy. I also got an Ingeon, but it's also really crappy. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm like, I, I want to switch over to two one-handers because one, I'll attack a lot faster. That means I'm applying that exploding palm a lot quicker, and I'm able. Well, spirit's not really an issue with this build because, um, I mean, really, your only spirit spender is seven-sided strike, and you're not spamming that unless you get a channeling pylon but in that case then you know it's a channeling pylon you don't have to worry about spirit and uh yeah i'm i don't have enough cooldown reduction right now but again okay um then of course i'm using uh crippling wave the physical rune and then on my right mouse button i'm using seven-sided strike then uh my passives pretty standard for hardcore of course 
um, near near death experience. I mean, e even if you're soft core, you're going to be using that if you're pushing higher greater rifts because you 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 need to not die. Even if soft core, when you're pushing high greater rifts, uh, harmony, um, sixth sense to reduce uh, non physical damage, and what's what's my fourth one? Um, oh my goodness, I'm blinking on it right now. Well, anyways, and then my rings. I have a convention of elements. Oh my goodness, when when it switches over to the buff to the physical, oh man, my seven sided strike is. It hits so incredibly hard, but other times, it, you know, against bosses, it's like, all right, I guess I should wait for that buff to come back around. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm using the cubed power of the Ring of Royal Grandeur, so that way I can use the Madstone instead of having to use the Uliana's helm. And what else? I'm, I have the Lorx, Lorx crown also in the cube, and uh, the Flow of Eternity. Daibo, which is pretty imperative. Oh, right. Um, the seven-sided strike physical rune, that's the one that reduces the cooldown to 14 seconds. And then with the flow of eternity, that reduces the cooldown by 60%. So it's like essentially, you know, like six, seven seconds. So um, I'm slowly building up some cooldown reduction. That way, I, I really want to get it down to about three seconds. Um, I It's not possible to get it down to nothing. Um, not at least not without a channeling pylon and an empowered shrine but um yeah actually i don't even think it's possible at that point because of the change that they made to that the cooldown doesn't actually start until you finish so that's the interesting thing i'm, I'm actually a little i'm almost a little apprehensive of adding another seven strikes because then that means you know i'm you know dashing you know although the benefit to that is if you have a bunch of frozen or molten, you can use seven-sided strike because you become immune during the animation for it. And with those extra seven seconds, you know it takes twice as long as long as as long as there's enough enough around to keep hitting with seven-sided strike. Because as soon as you run out of targets, you stop the animation, and that's when the cooldown starts. So that's what I'm running with. Um, I'm currently using all defensive gems. Legendary gems. There, I haven't gotten a single gem up to 25 yet. Working on it. Um, I, I've I've been building up uh, the act specific materials. I have 25 of each right now. N nothing spectacular, you know. I I I've been doing. So far, season four has been 100% solo for me. So, I'm not too, you know, like, oh my goodness, only Paragon 180. When I'm looking at, you know, like Leviathan, who's already over five, 580. Um, there's already people who are, I think, in the 700s, 800s by this point. Uh, it's just absolutely absurd, absurd what you can do with a four-man four group. And there, people were already clearing Greater Rift 60, you know, within 24 hours. That's It's insane. The, the power creep is so real, this, ex, this uh, expansion, this patch. But, you know, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint, you know. Don't get... Don't get discouraged, you know, even even if you haven't even hit 70 yet. Don't get discouraged. Keep going. Um, I should mention that uh, I completed the first four chapters of the season journey, so I got my Paragon portrait um, ring frame and my pet, which is... Honestly, I don't like it, so, you know, cool. I, I got it. Maybe eventually it might grow on me. 
but it's almost like a thing of nightmares, you know? It's just blue, kind of like dog thing. It's like, ugh. Anyways. It, it's, it, you know, honestly, it kind of reminds me of, you know, the Puke Doctor pets. Not quite, but, you know, close enough that it's, that, you know, Puke Doctors are terrible, so therefore I don't like it. And then once you complete those four chapters, then there's, you know, additional challenges that you can do. And I'm still working on the very first, um, I, I don't even know what you call it, tiers of uh, challenges at that point. Um, mainly because I think the, I have two of the eight completed for the very first tier, uh, which I think is Slayer. And um, a lot of it is killing the uber bosses. And I'm not, I mean, I, I could go do it right now if I really wanted to, but kind of want to you know get a group together that way you know we can we, we we can really push it you know do it probably do it t7 t8 you know that that's i what i would like to do that way have a chance at double organs and stuff like that that way i can craft a bunch of hellfire amulets and hope for an actually decent one but uh that, that's where i'm at at the moment um what what else i i love i love all the changes in 2.3 and season four, um, having a lot of fun, um, e even even just completely solo. <laughs> Mumble's been very quiet, so that's you know kind of affected things. Um, Cyberwolf did mention, and I failed to put this up on the website. He did mention that uh, he he has a Teamspeak server. So by the time you're listening to this, I should have those details up on the website. Um, that way. I guess a lot of the regulars that were in Mumble are now moved. You know, a lot of them weren't actually in the Shattered Soulstone clan to begin with. You know, they moved over to DiabloII.net um, uh, clan because they were playing primarily hardcore and they wanted hardcore people who played hardcore to play. You know, to group with. So you know, don't I absolutely don't fault them for that. But uh, that's if you. If you've been hopping on Mumble and there hasn't been anybody around, maybe check the TeamSpeak. Um, I'll see if I can find a widget or something that will, you know, include who's online at that moment. That that way you can see, you know, are people on Mumble or are they on TeamSpeak? Um, I'll see if I can find a widget for that. But yeah, um, I don't know if there's anything else that I need to mention. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm. At the moment, I'm just doing T6 because T7, I think, is just a little too too much of a big jump. Um, I think I could handle it toughness-wise and DPS-wise, but it would be slow going, and I'd have to be extremely careful. And I'm not sure. I I, I want to get some gems up to 25 first, you know. I and I really need to get my gem of ease up to 25. That way, I can get my backup monk rolling. And I haven't had. I've had a couple of the Raymond of a Thousand Storms pieces drop, but again, you know, I that's what I want to do with my monk, my main monk, or maybe I'll do, yeah, I, I don't know. I, really, at this point, whatever drops for me dictates dictates what I'm pretty much going to be doing. So, um, you know, if I get two Shenlong Fist weapons that are amazing, and I happen to get each one, and they're ancient. I'll probably go with a spirit generator build, but we'll see. So stay tuned, folks. Oh, and I, at one point I was on the leaderboard, but I'm pretty sure I'm not anymore because the highest I've cleared is only a greater of 26. Wait, did I do a 27? I forget. But either way, you know, 
not pushing it just yet. And, uh, and I'm comfortable with that because um, even though I might make a late push and try to get into the top 100, I kind of realize that uh, unless I really group a ton, I'm not going to have the, oh, the Paragon <laughs> experience necessary to kind of, you know, elevate me to that level. So anyways, it's getting hot. So I need to, I need to move the show on. So let's talk about our sponsor audible. You can go to bit.ly slash SSP book to get a free 30 day trial. Um, what? Yeah. Wow. You'll get a 30 day free trial. That's all you get. No, no. You get a credit that you can use on over 180,000 titles. So you can get a free audiobook of your choosing, although it doesn't necessarily need to be a book. You will also have access to the digital versions of the New York Times and Wall Street Journal. And shame on, what is it, the Wall Street Journal? Yeah, anyways, that's, I'm not going to go there. Uh, every month that you carry your membership, you will gain a credit. And you can, again, use that on over 180,000 titles. So go to bit.ly slash sspbook to get your free audiobook today. Okay, so we got a ton of tweeters. And I don't have any help, so... By the end of this, I am going to be dead. Not literally, but vocally. Metaphorically? Okay, so our very first tweet came to us from Gorilla Law, and he says at Shatteredstone, 2.3 is up on consoles. Work productivity is down in life. <laughs> and he also included a... He, he grabbed a pic of the screen, the, uh, the new adventures, you know, the screen that you get when you log in for the first time when a new patch is now deployed. Uh, he took a screenshot of that from his PS4, and then he followed that up with another picture. This time, he, he says, at Shattered Stone, at Diablo II Net, if this empty space is an accident, it's a conspicuous one. And what he's referring to is when you scroll over to the second page where Torment 7 through 10 are, you will notice that there is a space right next to 10, to the right of 10, and it's grayed out. Does that mean eventually we might see more than Torment 10? I hope not. <laughs> Honestly, I really hope not, but that's fine. Whatever. So our next tweet came to us from Shano, and he says, She wasn't able to make this week's show, but at Queen of Haiku did hear all of the kind words sent into at Shattered Stone about her lore segment. And yes, uh, I, I actually have it on good authority that we will have another Jen's Lore Corner at the end of the show. So yay! So even though it's just me, you also get to hear Jen in your ear holes this time. So, oh man. Our next tweet, um, I'm going to butcher this name. Poi, Poikilsatin? Something like that? Thank you, thank you, thank you for the listener tip of ticking the elective mode box. I have watched YouTubers doing builds and wonder how on earth they could choose what they were or ch choose what they were when I couldn't. So you're welcome. Yeah, elective mode is something that should, um, I, I know it's on one of the tips uh, on the loading screens. I, I like 99% certain on that, but yeah, it's something that should have been just turned on from the beginning. Uh, so, the next tweet came to us from at the underscore own underscore zone, and he says at Shattered Stone, or I think it's a he, at Shattered Stone just downloaded your last 10 podcasts ready for season 4 after a long break. Thanks for the show! 
well, you're welcome, and thank you for listening. And I hope, um, let's see, 10 shows, that's going to go back, wow, that's going to go back, you know, quite a while. Probably maybe to the beginning of season two. <laughs> I don't know. And then our next tweet came from yours truly. Yep, that, that would be me. And I purposely left this out um, because I was going to mention it right now. And I say, laughing maniacally and trembling right now, Farming Monk almost died to Urziel on T7. Last bounty for the game at Shattered Stone. Yep, that's right. My very last bounty on my Farming Monk was... Oh, hi, Sunni. <laughs> As my wife comes in. Uh, was kill Urziel. And, oh my goodness, that flamethrower nearly killed my Monk. I didn't proc, but I got down to the gargoyle's chin and... I, yeah, for, I just started laughing. Both of my kids were actually in the room and they, they were like almost getting creeped out. They were like, why, why are you laughing? I was like, because I almost died. And yeah, I was like, I, I, I was trembling. Like my, my hands were shaking. I was like, oh, this is why I play hardcore right here for this, for moments like these. This, this is why I play hardcore. Um, and yes, folks, that. I think that is why a lot of us who play hardcore play hardcore is for those moments where we almost die but we don't and it's just it's such a thrill so anyways our next tweet came to us from at Corova and he says at Shattered Stone at the Westmarch workshop seasons started 3.5 hours ago I'm still working sad face Aww, that stinks and then he followed that up with uh, well probably playing or I'm sorry we'll probably start playing only tomorrow morning Thinking about playing on North America servers. A place in your clan. And uh, we we did get him in. But Pergos Master, you know, our good friend Master Doe, he responded to Kurova and he said there could be a place for you with at Diablo Zara's. And if you finally connect at night, tell us. Winky face. And that is because the European servers got pounded when season four started. In fact, a lot of people couldn't even connect. So that kind of sucks. But Diablo is bigger in Europe than it is in North America. I hate to say it, but that's true. Whoa, as I almost knocked my keyboard off. Anyways, Kurova follows that up with a, Hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. But I really play only early in the morning. And, oh, Kurova, why did you do this to me? Et mon anglais est beaucoup... Oh, crap. What is that word? Mieux mon français? Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, we're gonna, we're just gonna, we're gonna move on past that. Pfunk128 says, at Shattered Stone, at Nevik James, hope to see you in team speak tonight. The season four hype is real. Happy face. And, uh, oh, you know what? I didn't include my follow-up. I said uh, that I would be on Mumble. And then, uh, Cyberwolf was like, Mumble? Come on, man. Get with the times. Use a real... You know, use a real voice over internet program like TeamSpeak. It's like, okay, sure. Well, anyways, EG Ace Fisher One sent us a tweet and he says, at the Westmarch workshop at Shattered Stone, decided to start with Crusader. Yes, thank you. Thank you for not going Puke Doctor. The ha that hammered in build is so fun. And uh, maybe eventually I'll do a hammered in build. Um, but Monk, Masterclass, always? in forever well our next tweet came to us from at Ro Wow our good friend Ro 
always Magda, says good luck to the crews of at Shattered Stone, at KSB Podcast, and at the West March Workshop on their Season 4 journey. It begins in less than an hour! So, thank you, bro. My Season 4 journey's been okay. Braja's... Well, he's in Chicago, so he, I don't even think he's hit 60 yet. Um, and I have no idea where Jen and Lantonio are in Season 4, so... Anyways, the, speaking of Braja, he sent us a tweet, and he says, And so it begins. Good luck, Nephilim at Diablo, at Shadowstone, at the Westmarch Workshop, hashtag S4Hype. And Josuki's hair. We haven't heard from him in a little while. He says, everyone is getting the rites of passage at the same time, at Shadowstone, at Diablo, hashtag Diablo 3 Season 4. Then Karova sent us another tweet. And he says, at Shadowstone, thanks for taking me into the clan with my hardcore monk. Gotta find my headset and join you all on Mumble as well. And then he followed that tweet up with, uh, So now I can say everything I want to say in clan chat. I have nothing to tweet about anymore. Or... question mark? <laughs> and then he followed that up with, uh, Really looking forward to all the good tips from at Nevik James on how to best play a hardcore monk. Okay, br- uh, Okay, Krova. So, I already mentioned one. Always have Dashing Strike. Um, you're not going to have Epiphany until level 61. So, until that time, uh, what was I using? What was I using? Was I using Serenity? I think I was using Serenity as my, you know, in case I get caught in Frozen or something. And I can't get out because Dashing Strike's on cooldown. Um, so, always make sure that you have something that will make you immune to, you know, like, movement impairments. Um, it won't get you past Waller, but, you know... It's that that's why you have dashing strike, so and um pretty much use lashing tail kick. It's by far the most uh you, you get the most bang for spirit spent out of the uh lashing tail lashing tail kick. Uh you, you could go with bells, but they are more expensive and um unless you're using the fire one, you're not really covering a whole lot of area. So that's and the I don't like Lashing Tail Kick, but it, you know, it works, and pretty much always go with a two-hander if you can, um, because again, it makes your Lashing Tail Kick actually, you know, hit really hard, so you're getting more damage per spirit spent by using a two-hander. So um, yeah, and just you know, play it hard. Don't go beyond that unless you have an absolutely amazing weapon. Um, oh, that reminds me. Everybody keeps saying, you know, once you hit level 42, start crafting level 60 weapons. And hope that you get, you know, level uh, level requirement reduction of minus 18 on it. And so, when I got to level 42, I leveled up my blacksmith, but I didn't level him up enough. I was like, I was trying to craft, I think, level 45 weapons? And that's not how it actually works. You have to train your blacksmith so that he can craft level 60 weapons. And then, I think by default, you're, when you go to the screen where you can craft, it will be set to highest usable or have materials or something like that. Well, click on that drop down and select all. And that's where you'll see the level 60 weapons that you can't equip yet, but you can craft. So, I was like, oh my goodness, I am such a dummy. How did I not 
<laughs> you know, it's like in retrospect, it seems such like a common sense thing. So once you hit level 42, if you haven't, if you have not done this yet in season four, craft your, craft your blacksmith, level your blacksmith up to, um, I think it's level 10, I think is what, when you, when you unlock the ability to craft level 60 weapons. Yeah, because at, I think at level 10, then you need a death breath to go beyond that. So that's how you do it. <laughs> well, anyways. Uh, Kuroba then sent us another tweet, and he says, What a string of tweets when my monk dies. This must be in response to me saying that we'll get a string of tweets when his monk eventually dies. Not going to happen, unless playing in the U.S. gives me massive lag. Happy face. And then the Brazia says, No, I hate the lag boss. You are a brave man doing hardcore from another region. Good to see you here. And Kuroba responded, and he says, Appreciated. Your summary of the patch notes, I have never, or I'm sorry, I never have the time to read them myself. So, you're welcome, Krova. I figured since we didn't do a community roundtable, it would be a good idea to go over everything for our listeners that, like yourself, that don't have the time to keep up with all the news. So, our next tweet came to us from Scanline75, and he says, had a great time with at the underscore Brasia in company, but doing one solo run at the end, I nodded off and poof. Rip. Hashtag love leveling at Shattered Stone. Scanline, you pulled a Brasia. <laughs> oh my goodness. And then Brasia, of course, responded and says, Oh my. Rip, Scanline. We will have to do it again. So much fun last night. And Scanline responded and he said, Totally. And it was great to be back with a... The WD again. How far did you get? Ambrasia said at 46 after 15 minutes this morning, along with last night. Should be on a bit in a few hours. So that must have been Saturday. So maybe he got to 60. I don't know. And then Cyberwolf Zero responded and he says, Ouch, sorry for your loss, buddy. And Scanline responded and said, Thanks, but oh man, it's 100% not anything. Now I get to level up again. Scanline, you are a masochist, I swear. <laughs> he just, I, I remember, I think it, we were all on Mumble, and he ripped on Mumble, and he just giggled about it, well, maybe, maybe not giggled, but, you know, chuckled about it, <laughs> and he just, you know, it's it's a part of life, I guess, in playing hardcore. And then Cyberwolf responded one last time, and he said, well, we are all still new 70s, so any one of us could die, and be in the same boat. 70 does not equal godhood. And yes, this is very true. So our next tweet came to us from Shepard Seja. And he says, at Shatterstone, just caught up on episodes. The gauntlet has been thrown down, Nevik. Also, at Queen of Haiku, great job on the lower corner. What gauntlet are you speaking of, Seja? I, I have no idea. And Cyberwolf Zero responded and says, Folks, at Shatterstone, at Gamer, this was my very first attempt at upgrading a rare to legendary for Season 4. And he must have tossed a rare Daibo into the cube and came out with an ancient paddle! <laughs> and it's actually, well, it's not terrible. It's 3,800 DPS and has 1,300 DPS, or I'm 1,300. 1300 dexterity and 1400 wow that's a max roll in vitality and uh tempest rush damage yeah i would roll that off but not bad not bad at all oh i forgot to mention that that hope of cain oh my goodness hope of cain i have to talk about this 
Um, so, this is new for Season 4, well, Patch 2.3, because of the cube. Now I'm finding myself picking up rares again. Why? Because you can toss it into the cube and turn that rare into a legendary. So, I, I think you can see where I'm going with this, because in Season 3, Cormac wanted to kill me. I swear, with all the times that he died and all those T6 rifts, yeah, he must have hated my guts. Well, Cormac, this time around, um, no big deal. I, I think it only took, uh, I, I, I think I had accumulated like six or seven of, of the uh, rare Templar tokens, and my second one popped out as an enchanting favor, so <laughs> no big deal, right? <laughs> now, of course, your results may vary, but, uh, you know, that's so easy to get your immortal token now for your for your follower. Well, anyways, Gorilla Law sent us another tweet, and he says, At Shattered Stone, Hope of Cain, two furnaces from Upgrade Rare Item Process... Oh, here we go, another Hope of Cain, you know, success story. Uh, two furnaces from the Upgrade Rare Item Process after none found in 440 Paragon levels. Craft rares and try your luck. Yes, yes, and I've... Now I'm saving up swords because I need to get an ancient Angiom, and I'm saving up fist weapons so that I can get, you know, some good fist weapons going, yeah. Well, Karova sent us another tweet, and he says, at Nevik Jones, <clears throat> Jones, Nevik James, wow, at Shepard Stone, and I am only at 25. Guess you could call me casual. Are you, are there still groups that, at that level in the clan? And this was uh, following my announcement that I hit level 70 on my monk. And I don't know, Kurova. I mean, um, obviously, you could always get a power level. Uh, I, 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 honestly, I hate getting power leveled, unless if it's, you know, just a backup character. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, if you're on and I'm leveling up my backup monk, I'll unequip my, my uh, gem of ease and, you know, use you know, at level gear and we can level together, but let's see, you play early in the morning, so what time? That would be probably really late at night for me. Well, maybe it'll happen. We'll see. Anyways, Walkman8, otherwise known as Reclaw, says, at Aspect of Wisdom, Paragon89, running T4 with at Shadowstone clanmates and friends. Hashtag monks go kablooey. <laughs> we do, don't we now? Thanks to the Uliana strategic well, Screech79 sends us a tweet, and he says, At Shadowstone, really enjoyed episode 94. Missed Jen's lore corner, but the show was great. Well, thanks, Screech. We always try to provide as much entertainment as we can, and I guess everybody gets to, uh, you know, enjoy me squirming in this incredibly hot room that I'm in. Anyways, Ninepad Gaming sends us a tweet, and he says, At Shattered Stone, R.I.P. to my Uliana's Monk. Oh no! Ninepad, no! I was doing Greater Rift 40, XP runs, and had a DC. Oh, that is, that's, that's like the worst. Good thing I have a full set of backup gear. Oh, that stinks. Oh, Krova, this is another tip for you. While leveling, you don't need to hoard everything while leveling because um the the idea is once you get to level 70 you'll i mean have a ideally you want to get an ancient two-hander that has a socket throw a level 20 
you may not get there, but if you get a level 25 gem of these, then, you know, you can breeze through on a backup character. But anyways, always try to keep backup gear, especially if you think you're going to die. It doesn't always help, because maybe you rip multiple times, like Brazia did in Season 3, and you wipe everything out, but, you know, that, that, that's part of playing hardcore, and that's going to happen every now and then. Oh, anyways, Cyberwolf responded, and he says, Ouch! R.I.P. DC deaths are the worst. Yes, they are. And Hometown Hero also responded and said, Bummer, bro. And then the Quadler came came in and he said, Bro, I seen that coming. You were pushing some high numbers last night. Good job on taking number monk in our clan, though. I think he meant number one monk. And uh, that, wow, that was all the tweets. As you might imagine, yeah, season four started, a lot of activity, a lot of feedback, a lot of interaction. Oh, my goodness. So, from episode 94, we I tossed out there, um, the question of the show was in regards to cross-game promotions, and we did get a late response from Gorilla Law. I think this came in, like, right as we were, like, maybe finishing up episode 94. And he said, Not sure how one can criticize anything that generates revenue for a game that keeps giving us free content. So, me-like. And I agree with you, Gorilla. That's a very good stance. And, on Twitter... For our question of the show for episode 95, I I was really struggling. If you remember back in 94, I was like, what is our question of the show going to be? And I was like, well, stay tuned to, to Twitter. And then it dawned on me. Duh. What, what an easy... what You know, it's like... <laughs> what an easy question to ask. How did your first weekend of season four go? And... We got a lot of responses this time. So our first response came to us from EG Ace Fisher one and he said, went well, hit 70 quickly, had a few of the major items needed to cube for the hammered in build. Pretty happy with season four so far. And Brent Doomfield said, hit 70, still praying to RNGesus for rain though. Aw, yeah, I feel you on that. Walkman eight said, got Uliana's six piece on my monk while playing with the fellas. Everything goes kablooey now. Two barb and two monk parties equals OP. Hometown Hero said, Went good, finally got my six-piece whirlwind set Sunday night. Ready to ramp up. And a new new tweeter uh, responded and he said, uh, from Isom4498. And he said, power went out for nine hours. Ouch. That, Wow. That's way worse than my internet going out for, what, three hours? Didn't even hit 70 by Sunday night. Still having fun running bounties for future mats, though. Paid to kill 55 or 5440 said, Great! Ended up getting on an, on a HR late. I'm not sure what that means. Still out-leveled my friends that were playing in a group. No one ever listens, lol. I guess he was probably telling his friends how to level efficiently, something like that. And then our good friend Jage responded and he said, Work on Season 4 this week. But I built a NS puke dock from 0 to 3100 plus Dagger of Darts, Ancient Zuni, and cleared a solo GR65 in a day. Oh, wow. I would be impressed, but puke doctor. Yeah, so... Whatever. <laughs> EY Egger 0111 responded and said, Barely made it to 70, still battling T1, only two legendary gems, still wearing yellows, and sub 70 legendary items. 
family comes first. And yes, it does. Yes, it does. And, uh, oh yeah, that's, that's also something that I didn't talk about. This season, you know, in prior seasons, we've always talked about slow rolling your greater rifts. That's, and we, we already mentioned that that's, that's Ted with patch 2.3. Because you have to, every greater rift that you do, you have to get a key for because you no longer have the option of upgrading your key because now you just select what greater rift level. And I much prefer this system, by the way. I, oh my goodness, it is so much better than having to do those Rimmel trials. But it does kind of stink having to accumulate a ton of greater rift keys in order to do greater rifts. But anyways, so yeah, acquisition of legendary gems was definitely way slower this season, but you know, that's fine. Uh, let's see, where were we? Uh, Screech79 said, RNGesus is going okay. It was a slow grind to 70, but now I'm there. I no longer want to go to work. The addiction is real. <laughs> You're among friends that, you know, we are all a part of Loot Addicts Anonymous over here. Ninepad Gaming says, My weekend was okay, but Monday was awesome. I completed my Uliana set and rolled in Ancient Fist of... Um, oh, what, what's the full name? Fist of As something. Oh my goodness, I forget what the full name of that fist weapon is in the cube hashtag instant t8 and that came in before he ripped so dope <laughs> scanline 75 responding and said played with the brazier and co on friday ripped nodding off then again just last night what he ripped again digging the slow solo play for now and brazier responded and he said played specifically to scanline he said played solo on saturday and found it was good leveling and then everybody's favorite ginger twerx 1714 said not running t10 yet <laughs> but got my new portrait in pet and he might be done with season four because in seasons past he just did enough to get all the seasonal stuff and then went back to down season and then our last response was from tattooed 76 and he says, new season is awesome. Got D <clears throat> got Demon Hunter to 70. Formed a new UK clan, which is already 50 strong. Hashtag addicted. <sighs> wow. So, yes. Patch 2.3 in season 4. Amazing. I, yeah, I, I feel more addicted to the game than ever before. <laughs> oh, yeah. So... I, again, I'm going to say that our question for the, our next show, you're going to have to stay tuned to Twitter. Yeah, because I can't think of anything off the top of my head at the moment. So before we dive into our emails, I did want to mention that we are running a Patreon campaign where you can help support the show. You can become a patron of the Shattered Soulstone by going to patreon.com slash soulstone and making a monthly pledge. Each and every pet wow, each and every pledge is greatly appreciated. Thank you. So yes, thank you everybody for your continued support of the show. I, I always I always, you know, like kinda like choke up. It's like, oh my goodness, you guys love us. And we love you. So anyways, emails. Show at shatteredsoulstone.com. Send your emails or audios. Man, I wish we got more audio because then I might be able to give my voice a rest. Okay, but our first email came to us from Pule, and he says, Hello, Soulstoners! I've been listening to the show for a few months now and have been loving it. 
I am able to listen while I work, so I look forward to the show every week. Jen's Lore Corner has been a great addition to the show. I've always been into the lore, but haven't gotten into it as much as I would like. I read the book at Kane and just got the book of Tyrael, so I'm finally going to start getting caught up. With Season 4, I plan on jumping back in and playing more than I have since the first couple months after Chocolate Launch. Yes, another person using chocolate. It is CHOCOLATE! CHOCOLATE! Ow, I just hurt my throat doing that. I've decided to try out a witch do- oh, Gosh, darn it. Well, I'm sorry, the rest- Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Try out a witch doctor since I've never really played one and I thought now would be the perfect time to try one out. I've been playing mostly solo, but I would love an invite to the clan, which I did get him into the clan. Or, or her. Again, you know, gender neutral. I always end up going with him. Anyways, I can't think of a better bunch of people to jump into group play with. Keep up the great work, and I look forward to see seeing you all in-game. Cheers, Pule. And P.S. My battle tag is Pule. Hashtag 1189. Well, thanks, Pule. And I'm glad that we were able to get you into the clan. And, yeah, Witch Doctor. We, we need to talk about this, you know. I, I feel like I need to, to create, like, a support group for people who think that they want to try the puke doctor, but to say, it's, you don't want to do it. No, you just, you don't want to. Well, anyways. Oh, our next email comes to us from Funktropis, and here we go. He says, hello there. I have been assimilated into the 2.3 Borg. I have drunk the red bloody Kool-Aid. I have listened to Jen's lore corner and looked for Squirt's necklace in my stash. I have been disappointed when Squirt's necklace was not in my stash. I have wandered over to Squirt and called her Wirt accidentally. Squirt got offended at being called Wirt and proceeded to yell, Squirt, not Wirt, until my ears hurt. Of course you are not Wirt, I said. Now sell me that shirt, and don't be pert or curt, and no one's going to get hurt. I'll cut you if you try to steal from me. Um, I was just being cute with all my rhyming misses, good god lady. I'd, uh, um, still like the shirt, though, if it's alright with you. Shirt? You mean the illustrious, the illust- wow. You mean the illustrious etched jacket? Um, yeah, that's the one. As if you couldn't tell, I, too, am in on the lower corner. I love the speculation about Squirt. This brings up a question. What are the purpose or role of gods in the Diablo universe? It seems that angels and demons rule the roost, and sanctuary is but an afterthought in the cosmic scheme of things. But we have godlike characters like Covetous Shen and Squirt entering into the mythical pantheon, and the question naturally arises, gods greater than angels and demons? Gods equal to care about the sanctuarial drama? God only knows, or God, God's only know, knows. Also, in a void, what are the three legendary jewels you find yourself leaning towards every time you level up a character? It seems to me that though the variety be, be many, the actual selection is few. Also, who isn't running with Furnace and Royal Ring of Grandeur in their Kanai slots? Is there as much variety as we all like to think? Signed, that most wordy of wordmongers, the wordiest of them all, one word to wordify them all, and that is Funktropus. 
Okay, so you have a couple questions here. Um, as far as the gods' role in Sanctuary, um, well, I don't, I don't really have a good answer for that one. <laughs> but uh, maybe I can dig up. Um, I, we, we've we've mentioned Matthew Rossi multiple times, you know, throughout the throughout the years of doing this show. Um, because Diablo pulls on a lot of similar themes and, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not tropes, but it it pulls inspiration from, you know, real world ancient religions and, and cultures and, and the like. And Matthew Rossi being as well read as he is and being almost essentially like a historian I mean, he loves lore he loves history so he really digs into that and he pulled he pulled like a lot of threads that you know work that that are pulled from real life you know our real world that you know kind of tie into various things of course you know this is a fictional world a fantasy world things are altered to suit the needs of the story and sometimes gameplay and um, so you know what what are their roles? I I don't know. May, maybe we'll find out if there's another expansion. Again, I'm not sold anymore on the idea that we're going to have an expansion announcement at BlizzCon. This could very well be another one of those geek is BlizzCons. Um, and in, in case you what what BlizzCon was that? Was that 2010? Um, when when there was no announcement and Chris Manson just got up on stage and started talking about geek is <laughs> geek is, you know, transformers and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. And honestly, I don't think there's any way for us to really predict it because, uh, I mean, this is pretty much, you know, in the realm of, um, uh, Oh my goodness. I'm blanking on his name. Oh, Oh crap. But, Brian Kindrigan, uh, he's one of the story writers, and who's the other guy? Oh my goodness, um, it's his name's like right on the tip of my tongue. Uh, oh my goodness. Well, I I'm gonna completely stop the show if I if I just try to focus on it. And now I'm gonna wake up in the middle of the night and be like, so. Anyways, um, legendary gems. Um, for my monk, I pretty much always go with Bane of the Trapped. Um. Pain, uh, is it Pain Enhancer? Yeah, I think it's Pain Enhancer. Um, this is with my Dash and Strike Monk. Uh, it'll, I may go with something slightly different for uh, the Seven-Sided Strike build. I don't know. And what was the third one that I... Sometimes I go with Gogok of Swiftness. Um, it works really well if you, if you have two one-handers because then you attack even faster and then you reduce your cooldowns. And uh, otherwise, um, I don't like Bane of the Powerful. I really don't like that. It works in a farming build because at that point, I mean, you're already killing everything. It's you're overkilling everything, so why not overkill them anymore? And um, or you could go with uh, the wreath of lightning if you're a barb. I I I see Leviathan doing it all the time because once you hit rank 25, every time it procs, you're moving faster because of it. Um, but sometimes I also use the boon of the hoarder. Um, when I'm farming because I use that in conjunction with gold wrap and you know they, they tie in together and then you don't really have to worry about dying usually so um, 
what what's what's the other one? It's like I use Bane of the Trapped, um, Pain Enhancer, and what was the other one that I was using? Crap, I'm blanking on it. But anyways, and to for the second question about the cubed things. No, I don't always use a ring of royal grandeur. <laughs> um, and uh, at the moment, I'm not using a furnace. I did get, I did have a furnace drop for me. I forgot to mention that. Um, I didn't have to do the rare upgrade either. I just, it just dropped, and it was, I think it was dexterity, but it wasn't an ancient furnace. So I was like, well, you know, what ifs. But um, I mean, I might go with a flying dragon, or I, I really want to. I want to go back and do a Sunwoko Bell Monk. I, I had so much fun with the Bell Monk back in season one, and I could do a Bell Monk, and put the um, the Sosin's gaze uh, in the armor slot. I think, or maybe I might go Cindercoat. Yeah, I might I might go Cindercoat at that point. That way I could do the Fire Bell. Yeah. Maybe. Anyways, but if I did that, I would go with Tayguk, and I, no, I wouldn't use the Gogok of Swiftness. No, I wouldn't use that. Um, probably Bane of... Uh, no, Zaya's Stone of Vengeance at that point, because I'd be a ranged monk. Um, but anyways, it does... You know, there there is some variety. There isn't as much variety as we'd like to think because of the Kanai's Cube, but it does open up certain things. For example, right now, um, I'm using a Lyric's Crown, because I'm also using a Madstone. Um, and I'm using the flow of eternity cubed in, or in the cube, and I am using the ring of royal grandeur just so that I can have that mad stone equipped. And uh, but, like I've I've toyed with the idea of using the obsidian ring of the zodiac. Um, I like that, although I don't think it would work with my seven sided strike build because one, I don't have a spender. I mean, I suppose I could start spamming my mantra. Maybe I could do that. That might work. But then, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd have to be spamming that a lot. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, that, that answers your questions, I think. Um, maybe maybe we'll readdress the gods question in episode 96 if we have Jen back on. Or, or maybe she could do a lore segment on Covetous Shen. Um, but, uh, so, that that's all the emails that we got. And thankfully, because I don't know how much longer my voice is going to hold out. But uh, really, there's no news other than Season 4 st started and Patch 2.3 dropped. But um, there was a Q&A on Reddit. And I'm going to go through portions of this. I'm not, I'm not going to go over everything. Because if you really want, if you want all the information, uh, you can go to Diablo Fans, you can go to diablo.blizzpro.com or you can go to diabloii.net I'm going to include links to each of their roundups of the Q&A I'm just going to kind of like pick and choose the things that, that stood out to me um, I think the biggest issue right now, well other than bots I mean other than bots which they didn't address they didn't address anything about bots I, I don't know if, it, I'm pretty sure that was asked, like what are they doing about botters and they didn't address, they didn't answer that question. I seriously believe something needs to be done about the bots. Uh, I, I know Jh agrees with me wholeheartedly on that. But the next biggest issue is the disparity between playing solo and playing with a group in terms of you know the benefits that you get from from playing in a group. 
Now, originally, you know, back in chocolate, things were, were reversed. It was more it was more efficient to play solo because every person that added that joined your game, the monsters got tougher. You know, instead of um, I think it was what an additional like fifteen percent health and damage for every person. Like, and uh, yeah, like every person would add, would make the monsters one hundred and fifteen percent stronger, right? Something like that. Or maybe it was one hundred twenty-five percent. I forget. But then they changed it. I think it was the same patch that they introduced monster power that every additional person is um, 75%. And now I think it's only 50%? Something ridiculous. So, essentially... No, 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 no. It is 75%. That, yeah, the math adds up. Because with two people, then monsters are only have 150% health. So, yeah. You have two people, you potentially have twice the damage output, yet... The monsters are not twice; they don't have as twice as much health. So that means as more people join your game, the easier it gets for everybody. Not to mention all the cross buffs, you know, like you have a crusader or a monk or something like that, or a barb, and you know, group play is by far the more efficient way. But they also introduce the um, the what is it? Strength in numbers buff, where it increases your experience gain and your drop chances when you're near when essentially you're like within I think it's one screen of each other something like 90 yards something like that so combine those two plus the changes that what when was it 2.1.2 or was it 2.2 when I, I forget exactly I'm sorry folks um, when they adjusted how experience gear worked and then we had greater rifts and then suddenly people were able to you know face roll Greater Rift 35 and then Greater Rift 40 and it just it, like it started to snowball upon itself and I mean this is very obvious because we already have people who are over Paragon 700 and Season 4 is not even a week old I mean it's we could very well see depending on how long Season 4 lasts we could probably see somebody go Paragon 2000 in Season 4 alone so while it doesn't affect you personally unless you because, I mean, you're playing your own game, right? You, you get enjoyment out of the game the way that you want to get it. But let's say you're somebody who thrives on competition, and that's why you play in Seasons, because you want to you want to compete on those leaderboards. Well, it kind of puts you really behind the eight ball. That's the metaphor, right? <laughs> if, you, if you don't have access to playing with a regular group, and or even then... Um, a group that is like essentially almost a military unit. I mean, for example, like Leviathan and, and them, while they like pushed their way through the levels and they hit level 70 within five hours, you know, there were groups that were able to do it, I think, in less than four hours. And it's because they know exactly what they're doing, they know where to go, they, you know, it's like they have it down to a science. And those folks who are that coordinated and that like-mindedness um the in they they have a lot of time or maybe they're botting <laughs> i don't want to throw any accusations out there but you know that's also part of the problem they're able to just skyrocket past everybody in terms of paragon so and that gives you i mean it doesn't seem like too much but it really is it really is a big there is a huge difference between somebody who's Paragon 1000 and somebody who's Paragon 400. I mean, obviously 600 points, but I mean, it goes beyond that. I mean, 
It's from starting from Paragon 800. Every single Paragon level is another five main stat. And when you're talking about, you know, you get to Paragon 1000, you know, that's an extra thousand main stat. That's, that's a big difference, you know? So there's that. And this was asked in the Q&A and Wyatt gave a very verbose answer, essentially not really addressing the issue. They, it is something that, that is on their radar, but they're not sure if it's something that they need to adjust. Now, we, we, we can extrapolate a few things about this. One, either they're okay with it, um, because, you know, whatever. And, but maybe they're okay with it because maybe we do have an expansion that's being developed and is maybe not necessarily right around the corner, but is on the horizon and it's going to, you know, fundamentally change everything again. You know, we didn't, we used to not have Paragon points. And, you know, when Reaper of Souls, when, when we had that uh, 2.0 patch, you know, that's when we started getting Paragon points. So maybe, maybe, you know, when patch 3.0 comes out, maybe Paragon points will be a thing of the past. We don't know. So maybe that's one reason why they're not as totally concerned about it. But, you know, it's hard to say. Either way, I kind of do feel like they should have done something this season. Not not saying that they need to gut, you know, it's not, not like they need to cut the legs out. Because I, I agree with, with the mentality that it is more fun to play with a group, and you should be more efficient as a group. I mean, it makes sense. So, but the, the problem is just, there's such a disparity, and it becomes exponential. You know, it's, it, if it was just a, you know, kind of like a linear, you know, like where it was just a straight lot, you know, a pretty steady increase in power uh, instead of like this bell curve where it just you know starts you know going almost vertical <laughs> you know in terms of power level <laughs> it, whereas you have your poor little solo player like myself at the moment and it's like oh my goodness i'm almost paragon 180 and i know there's people out there that are probably like wow you're already paragon 180 it's like yeah, and I feel massively behind because, you know, I'm friends with Leviathan and a lot of the uh, of these other folks who are already well past Paragon 500. So, but again, I'm having fun, and that's the important thing. And if you're having fun, and as I mean, and you're not too concerned with competing on the on the leaderboards, then you know, you're you're fine. It doesn't really matter to you. So, anyways, that didn't really get addressed. Um, the next thing, next biggest issue, and I think this is actually maybe even a higher priority, is buff icons. The UI is simply not adequate for group play. Or not even... I'm maxing out on my buff icons and I'm playing solo, so it's simply not adequate. They're, they need to come up with a better system. I mean, there are so many different ideas that they could do. I mean, um, in World of Warcraft, like there's the add-ons where you get a little bar, uh, and it's uh, dynamic. It, it'll, you know, what, I'm thinking of rogue. Um, what is it? Rogue power bars, because I, I love that add-on for because I'm a rogue in World of Warcraft, and you know, y you'll have a timer on that buff. I would love to see something like that. You know, something not too obtrusive, something a little more visible, for sure, than those 
stupid little boxes. Um, you know, some something maybe they could. I, I know we. I've suggested this before. You know, like power ores from World of Warcraft. Again, the the reason why we draw from World of Warcraft in terms of UI is because people are able to do add-ons in World of Warcraft, and they are able to make that user interface usable and informative. And that's what we need in Diablo. Not saying that we need add-on support, but we need user interface support that is more informative, uh, that is not obtrusive, but communicates, you know, to you when you have buffs active. And they, they could do something similar. Um, I mean, there are some certain visual cues, you know, like with the convention of elements, you'll see the elements circling around you, but when you're in a group and there's spell effects going off and, you know, you, you have the flashing, the, when mobs get hit, they flash, you know, it's, you, you, you lose all that information. So they, they need to come up with something better. And it, it really is something that needs to be addressed. Um, I, if there are any of the user interface designers listening to this, please work on it. <laughs> Please, for you, you'd make it, it'd be such a quality of life increase uh, for the game. But anyways, that's besides the point. My favorite thing that came out of this Q and A was just almost like not quite a throwaway, but it was almost a throwaway. Um, somebody asked the question, you know, what about all of the old sets, you know, that haven't been touched since you know two point one point two, whatever. Um, such as, you know, like Shadow Mantle and, and everything. And re there's a very good reason why I bring up Shadow Mantle. Um, but also, uh, Shadow's Mantle, Might of the Earth, Jade Harvester, Firebirds, really? They're, uh, Akans, Invokers, and Marauders. Um, well, Marauders also got an adjustment. But they're being reworked again. Because with, uh, with these new sets that we got in 2.2 and 2.3... You know, the, there is a big disparity, you know, um, and they're, they, they're going to change them again. So, but the biggest change, this is single-handedly one of the biggest changes, and John Yang, we, we have John Yang to thank for this, mentioned that Shadow Mantle is going to be reworked to being a melee demon hunter set. Oh my goodness, I geeked out. I was like, oh my goodness, and I know, I know Master Doe. I know he's listening here, and he is also freaking out because it, it, yes, yes, it will be, it will be amazing to be able to use a sword as a demon hunter. Well, maybe not just a sword, but oh, oh, I am so excited. But, but, we need the Warglaves of Azanoth. Come on, we we need those. If you're gonna make a melee demon hunter set, you have to have. We have to pull in the Warglaves of Azanoth. There is no maybe. This has to happen. <laughs> and then, of course, everybody will name their demon hunter Illidan. But that's besides the point. So, um, other other great takeaways. Um, I'm just going down. Bliss Pro has a fantastic bullet point list of all the of the roundup, like the key items. Um, the stats are getting out of hand, and the numbers are getting huge. There's no stat squish on the horizon, so okay, we'll just we'll just keep you know doing billions of damage and everything. Well, maybe not everybody. Um, they have no plan to change Paragon stats. 
Um, this this is almost a little disappointing, but at the same time, I, I we can all take some solace in that there are no plans to add um, to monetize the game through uh, microtransactions for cosmetic uh, items or stash space. Um, stash space continues to be an issue, especially now that we're starting to hold on to rare items. <laughs> uh, what else? Um, I. This was kind of off-the-cuff thing, but there may be some hidden recipes in the Kanai's Cube that nobody's discovered. Well, I think that was just a tongue-in-cheek thing, reference to the portal to the vault in the Not-A-Cow level. I think that's... I don't think we can infer anything beyond that. And, um... What else? I think that's pretty much it. Uh, I mean, there is more. There was a lot more in this Q&A. But, um, I mean, a lot of it was just minor stuff. And if you really want to dig into it, like I said, I'm going to include all the links on our show notes to uh, the Roundup over at BlizzPro, the Roundup over at DiabloFans, the Roundup at DiabloII.net, and there you can dig into it. Um, Flux transcribed the Q&A. Well, I, it wasn't, wasn't um, audio to text, so it wasn't actually all that hard. But... Um, yeah, there's so much information that if you really wanted to lose yourself, you could. And there's no reason for me to drag this show out to being two or three hours just to go over everything. But um, the only other thing, uh, Templar Painter, I follow him on YouTube, and he does amazing, absolutely, he he's very inspirational. He does very incredibly detailed pieces of art using a very interesting technique. Um, and I think he does it in Photoshop. Pretty sure he does it in Photoshop. And he's just absolutely amazing. And he recently tossed up his uh, speed painting of Diablo. Absolutely amazing piece of art. I know it's a visual thing, and this is an audio podcast, but go check it out. He's amazing. You'll enjoy it. And um, I think that's pretty much it. Um, I don't really have anything in other games and entertainment because... um, the only thing would be Fear of the Walking Dead, and Bridge is not here for me to talk about it. So, yeah, I think I'm just going to close out the show so that I can leave this hot room and go say hi to my family. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to close out the show. You have been listening to episode 95 of the Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast. If you missed an episode, you can find the show blog and listen to the show archives over at ShatteredSoulstone.com. If you want to join us in-game, join our in-game community, aptly named Shattered Soulstone. Feel free to post up short missives on the community boards and join the chat channel to talk with other folks from the community in-game. This show is powered by you, the listeners, so send in your contributions, thoughts, questions, and feedback to show at ShatteredSoulstone.com. We love Twitter, so come join and tweet with us. You can find the show Twitter at ShatteredStone. I'm at Nevik James. Jen is at Queen of Haiku. Brasia is at the underscore Brasia. And our fourth musketeer is Atlantonio. We would like to extend a huge thank you to Medros of Dawnforge Productions for hosting our Loot Deviant show. You can find more shows from the Dawnforge at thedawnforge.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time, from all of us here at the Shattered Soulstone, I'm going to be grinding those riffs because i got to level them gems. And normally, Brasia says something clever here. And... <laughs> <laughs>
I don't have anything clever to say. My voice is giving out, folks. My voice is giving out. Poor me. Pity me. <laughs> This is Jen, and you are listening to Jen's Lore Corner. This is number three. This one is going to focus on an NPC or non-player character called Captain Rumford. If you play through story mode, he's one of the first NPCs that you run into that gives you a lot of dialogue and different things. You can skip over him entirely without really involving any of the quests, but it's worth taking a look at what he says because it gives you quite a bit of information about who this character is and how he ended up being captain. In order to get the full story of it, you have to take the dialogue as it's presented in the game in Act 1 and shift it around so you've got things in chronological order. So I'm going to roll over that in this episode to kind of show you how this works. Okay, so before you get into Captain Rum Rumford, I always want to say Rumsford because there's at least one NPC that makes it sound like he's saying Rumsford with an S, but it's not. It's R-U-M-F-O-R-D. In any case, uh, there is a villager who stands next to Kane's house early on in Act 1, and when you talk to him, he says lots of good farming in these parts, well, before all of this started. Now, all of this, of course, would be when the dead started rising and the zombies started taking over and... Uh, the goat man started running through the fields and things like that. So, what he's really saying with this is information that tells you what New Tristram was like before everything happened. It was surrounded by fields. It was surrounded by farms. It must have had a lot of food because you'd had a lot of farms nearby. So, the people that lived in New Tristram, they, were, they had access to things like pumpkins and chickens and whatever fresh food you could find out there. And you could see some of it when you travel through the fields of misery still there in remnants. So these people had food. They were well-fed. Things were great. But now all those farms have been destroyed, of course, and there's no food being produced from them. So the farmers lost everything. All those farmers that were out there on those farms, they've, they've lost it all. There's a food shortage going on. They no longer have a profession. What are they going to do? Well, there's something hiring in New Tristram right at the same time, and that would be the militia. So that's where some of them at least ended up. And Captain Rumsford, who was probably just referred to as Rumford before he came captain, we never do find out this guy's first name. He was among the farmers who became soldiers. So this means he didn't have a lot of training. Uh, he probably didn't grow up thinking, I'm going to grow up and join the militia and fight the zombies. I mean, no one would have thought that at that time before things started happening around New Tristram. But he was in dire circumstances, so there he was. So one of the first pieces of dialogue that tells this, as I said, I'm putting this chronological and not the way the game presents it. Uh, when you come into town, he says, um, or is it right? No, it's not right when you come into town, but a little bit later on. He says to the player character, When Leah told us the dead were pouring out of the cathedral, we quickly went to put an end to it. So what he's saying here is this is one of the first missions he was on. It might not have been the first, but it was probably early on in his time as uh, a soldier in the militia. So, you know, Leah says, hey, the dead are pouring out of the cathedral. This sounds like a really bad thing. So the militia decides, you know, the cathedral's not too far away. We should probably do something about that. And Rumford got uh, included in the group that went to go and try to put a stop to things at the cathedral. 
He was probably the least experienced soldier in the group. And there may have been others that didn't have a lot of experience either, but he definitely didn't have a lot of experience at being a soldier when this occurred. The next piece of dialogue he says that goes into the story, he says, at first it seemed we were, su we were succeeding, but they just kept coming. We were overcome. Captain Dalton and the men fought valiantly, and I'm summarizing slightly with that. Um, so here's what happened. You know, he went out there. We know what happened to Captain Dalton. If you play through the game, uh, you go with Leah at one point to Adria's hut. And when you go down there, she finds her mother's journal, and hey, there's Captain Dalton in the corner, and he has become a zombie. He's not just a zombie, he's a gold-colored or yellow-colored zombie, so he's tougher than the other zombies. If I think there's one or two in there with him, and uh, that would be part of his men. So that's what happened to Dalton. So when Captain Rumford, or Rumford, says Captain Dalton and the men fought valiantly, we can see what happened to them. They got bitten. And they must have gotten bitten in the cathedral where they went to fight. They tried going back to New Tristram and they turned around when they got to Adria's hut. And there they were. That's what happened to them. Okay, so that's a pretty traumatic thing. And you would think, you know, Rumford being a farmer probably wasn't expecting to fight at all. Much less fight the undead and have, you know, the people he's uh, there with turn into zombies in front of him. Another thing he says after that is, They protected me. I am no soldier. I am... I was a farmer. I should not have been out there with them. So we've got confirmation that he was in fact a farmer before he became part of the militia and that he didn't really have any training. He didn't know what he was doing. He felt very inequipped for this. He didn't believe he should have gone out there. And he thinks that the other soldiers protected him because they knew that he wasn't really ready to fight. But yet he went with because there really wasn't much of a choice. Um, so that's kind of it. It also kind of shows you that he's feeling a lot of things about that experience. He feels guilty that the soldiers tried to protect him. It's like he thinks it's his fault that they, you know, got turned to the undead, um, you know, because they were trying to protect him. If they didn't, if he hadn't gone with, if he hadn't joined the militia, hadn't become a soldier, maybe they could have focused on fighting and maybe that fate could have been, you know, not something that they had to experience. But instead, you know... So there we are. Um, he kind of feels that his presence was a liability, caused more harm than good. Um, but this is how dire things are in New Tristram at this time. You have farmers who haven't been trained to fight very well, sent off as though they're properly trained soldiers, and there's no other option, and Rumford is just kind of stuck in this situation. The next thing he says is, I do not know how I made it back here. None of the others did, and now somehow I'm supposed to lead the militia. So this shows you that, you know, he was a farmer just recently. He's not an effective soldier. He's the only guy that made it back from the cathedral. And for some reason, they made him captain. Maybe he's now the one with the most experience. Uh, maybe they decided that, you know, hey, you survived that. That was pretty dire. You must know what's going on. You're it. You're captain. Who knows? Maybe they had a lottery. I mean, it doesn't really say how he ended up being captain. But now he's doing that with no background at all whatsoever in, uh, in a in, in that kind of job. You know, it's not the life he wanted for himself. He's He's got no one to guide him in this new job as captain of the militia. His mistakes are going to cost people's lives. And he's already feeling guilty about what happened to Captain Dalton and the rest of the men that went to the cathedral. So he's got to be pretty stressed out and terrified at this point that, you know, all of this responsibility has been dropped on his shoulders. And he's got no, like, background in, you know, no experience in doing this. He's going to screw up. He knows it. And that can't be a very good feeling at all. The next thing he says is, I volunteered to help because it seemed the right thing to do. 
but I'm no leader of men. So when he says this, I don't think it means he volunteered to become the new captain. I think he's saying that after his farm was overrun and destroyed, he had to do something else, and he thought the right thing to do was to help. Well, how do you help? You join the militia. He couldn't continue to farm, that's for sure. Uh, he knew that, you know, New Tristram was possibly going to be invaded by these zombies and monsters. You know, we see them outside the gates. So he thought it was the right thing to do, and now he's somehow the leader of men and has no idea what he's doing with this, and he's not thrilled with the situation. He's not quit. He's not uh, doing poor me, poor me, but he's definitely telling the player character, you know, this is where I'm at. I need help is pretty much what he's saying. And this is the point in the conversation when the player character, no matter which one you pick, whatever class, whatever, male or female, no matter which one you pick, they say something that'll vary slightly back to Captain Rum Captain Rumford that kind of can be summarized as, you can do it, you know, that kind of thing. Um, being very encouraging, of course. And he responds with, that's a simple thing for you to say, you were born to fight monsters like the Risen Dead. Me, I'm just a farmer. So he's very overwhelmed. <laughs> he's trying his best. He's not doing very well. He still thinks of himself as a farmer because he hasn't been a soldier for very long and he certainly hasn't been a captain for very long. And he's overwhelmed. And if you walk through New Tristram, you can tell uh, there's a little piece of dialogue with the two soldiers that are down the way if you were going towards where the Mystic was. If you started like at, well, where Rumsford is and you go around the corner to towards where the Mystic is at, You'll find these two soldiers, and they have a little they have little pieces of dialogue as you go through Act One. But the significant one in this case is uh, of the two of them. There's two of them. The younger one is named Aaron, and the older one is named Joshua. So Aaron says, "Did you hear? Old Rumford has us down to half rations. How are we supposed to fight if we're starving?" And Joshua answers, "The rest of the town is down to a quarter, including my wife. But you can quit if you want." So this shows there is a food shortage going on in New Tristram, you know, and we, oddly enough, uh, you've got a former farmer, somebody who lived to grow crops or to raise chickens or to otherwise feed people, you know, in New Tristram and, and the surrounding areas. He's the guy, Captain Rumsford, he's the, Rumford, I keep wanting to say Rumsford, <laughs> um, is the guy who's stuck rationing the food that remains. And that's got to feel really weird from someone who probably started out in his life as I'm helping people by feeding them. And now he's helping people stay alive by rationing food, which has got to feel really weird. Um, he's smartly decided that the soldiers would probably need more food than the other villagers, since if the zombies come crashing into the gates, it's the soldiers who are going to have to fight them off. So they're going to need some energy to do that. But, you know, at the same time, the villagers are starving. The military is starving. Nobody's happy. And they're blaming Captain Rumsford. And the other thing there, um, you know, Aaron, he's a younger soldier. He says, old Rumford. So this means that, you know, however old you think Rumford might be, there are soldiers younger than him. And it's really dire. If you think he's like, if you think Rumford is in his 20s or something, you know, then Aaron's a teenager at the best, you know. And uh, so that's not good at all. If you think he's older, then this is one of the younger soldiers. And who knows how he got in there. But in any case, the town is starving. There's zombies at the gates. Rumford doesn't know what to do. He doesn't really have very many soldiers to uh, work with at this point. And when the player character comes in, he's like, I need help. And the player character goes, you can do it, and goes on with their quest and doesn't really help him out very much at all. 
Um, so this brings us to where the player character arrives in New Tristram, and this is the first thing he actually says to you if you're playing directly through story mode. This is the point where you've come down from where you start when the game begins, very first piece of Act 1. You fight off the zombies in front of the gates, and you get sent to go talk to Captain Rumford in the town. He says, Thank you for your help, but could you talk some sense into Leah? She won't give up on rescuing her uncle. Now, the thank you for your help, he honestly truly is saying thank you for the help by killing the zombies in front of the town because he's got, you know, a couple people shooting at them from, uh, you know, the little turrets, I guess, in front of the town by the gate. And he's got a guy out there, but he doesn't really have, like, a full army to go clear out the area. So he's really thankful that you, the player character, showed up and helped out with that. Um, you know, because he can't, he can't really spend any more resources or human resources on doing it. Now, in the meantime, um, what's happened, you know, after uh, Rumford became captain, Leah has gone to the cathedral uh, with her uncle, and they were there when the fallen star crashed down. Leah made it out, but she was unable to save her uncle Deckard Kane, and so she's returned to Tristram, and she's saying, I'm going back there to rescue him. And Rumford, Captain Rumford does not want her to do that, because he knows full well what happened when he went there last time, and I'm of the impression he's probably thinking that since he had very little military training or training in fighting, perhaps Leah won't fare so well either. So he really doesn't want her to go. Uh, so he's asking the player character to talk some sense into her, because from his perspective, what Leah wants to do is a suicide mission. So he's got very good reasoning, you know, for thinking that, and... Uh, he can't spare any soldiers to go with her or he's leaving the town unattended or unprotected and it's just he's kind of stuck um so you know the player character instead uh goes to rescue deckard kane on their own by themselves you know <laughs> but they're the hero so it's okay um so that's kind of how it goes with him he does say he's got a couple more pieces of dialogue in act one not all of them are necessarily that relevant but a couple of them are as you go through, you get a quest that takes you to the Fields of Misery. This is where all of those farms were. You'll see, you know, bits and pieces of the remains of the farms as you go through there. There's a there's an event uh, where you um, fight off something in a farmland area, and a man comes out of the house and wants you to meet his wife. That's a whole other story. Uh, if you go by around the edges of things, there's little, like, chicken huts, you know, little chickens running around, chicken coops. Um, you can kind of see, you know, sometimes like pumpkins or something in the fields, and, and there could have been grain there. You can see this is where the farms were, a field of misery, which weren't, you know, always as, you know, quite full of misery as they are now. Um, so you get, as a player character, that's your quest. You're going to go and do stuff in there next. And uh, Captain Rumsford, Rumford, see, I keep wanting to say it as whatever player character, or not player character, NPC it is, that pronounces it the way that sounds like there's an S has stuck in my head, and perhaps yours as well. But it's not, it's Rumford. So Captain Rumford says to the player character, I hear you are going to the fields. It was a place of great beauty before the dirty Khazra fouled it with their presence. He follows up with, kill some of them for me, will you? So, you know, we know he started out as a farmer. We know his fields and his farm must have been located somewhere near New Tristram. If he didn't live near New Tristram, he might have joined the militia somewhere else. But this was the nearest town. Uh, and he's referring to that area as the fields. So maybe they were just called the fields before, you know, the Goatmen, the Khazra, took over and destroyed all the farms. Um, and, you know, if it wasn't for them, from Captain Rumford's perspective, if it wasn't for the Goatmen and the, you know, the, all the uh, zombies and things like that, he might still be living a happy life as a farmer instead of this really frustrating, scary, intense, overwhelming life as captain of a militia 
when he really doesn't have the experience to do it. And so it's no wonder he'd like the player character to kill some Khazra for him. And that's basically what you get. Now, this is a character that doesn't exist anywhere in the Diablo lore outside of Diablo 3. Um, and it's very easy to just speed by the dialogue and not really think about it, especially when it's not presented in chronological order from the perspective of Captain Rumford. You get kind of the back detail somewhere in the middle. And when you start, I mean, he's saying, hey, talk Leah out of going to the cathedral, but you don't really know, you know, why he thinks that. Um, so you have to kind of pay attention a little bit. And hopefully by me putting this together for you, it makes a little more sense. And so you can see that Captain Rumford does have a storyline. Uh, kind of a dire one, but even though he's just an NPC, he's still got some lore behind him. And that's going to wrap this up for uh, Jen's Lore Corner number three, and I hope you liked it. Now, Shattered Soulstone, your Diablo community podcast presents Official Forum Thread Masterpiece Theater Pato Pendant. Greetings, folks, it's Nevik with finally another official Forum Thread Masterpiece Theater. Season 4 is finally upon us, and the cries of the solo player are once again rising up, and after the Reddit QA, maybe there's no hope for the solo player. That being said, why not pull in a thread from somebody complaining about solo play? So here we go. I bring to you Fail a Blow, a MP XP grinding game by Grailer. Well, the devs didn't listen to us. Now solo players really screwed in seasons. I enjoy the actual gameplay, if you exclude the leaderboards, which is the reason I rolled a monk, to try out the new seat. But once I complete the seat and devil with it a bit, I'm forced to quit the game because in-game equals paragon farming plus leaderboards. The end game isn't about farming loot anymore, it's about firing EXP in groups. However, this might be a bonus, because a lot of beta games are due out, so we don't feel the need to play this one for an entire season. Thank goodness. Well, Grailer, I kind of feel your pain, but uh, if you're not enjoying the game, then, you know, by all means, go play something else. You know, get what you want out of Season 4 and go play something else. Diablo will still be here. Well, folks, like I said, it's been a long time since the last official Horn Thread Masterpiece Theater, and you can help bridge those gaps by sending in your own contributions to show at ShatteredSoulStone.com. It could just be a link to the thread or do your own narration of it. Until next time, keep enjoying those volumes. This podcast is copyright 2015 Dawn Forge Productions. Thank you for listening. Check us out at thedawnforge.com.